That's why it's very, very, very important for people who are in real estate or any kind of business, as far as that goes, to learn sales and negotiating skills, right? I make my offers now not even based on what I can pay. I make my offers based on what I think they'll take because I've just been reading people so long and been doing this for so long. I make my offers based on what they'll take. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam, AAA Adams. What's up, Larry? Larry's waving to the camera. Not everyone can see you, but uh, but I'm, I'm saying hi back. I- I'm excited about today's episode. We always talk about creative real estate not being just subject twos or lease options. It's what do you need to do and how can you do it in order to get more deals done? Thinking outside the box, doing something that not everyone else is doing. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today with Larry Goins. He's done quite a bit of deals. I think just in the last few weeks, he did uh, over a dozen deals. So I'm what I'm what I want to pull out of this episode or what I want you to get from this episode is just that one single thing that you can do. Let's just say you're brand new. You've never done a deal or you've been doing deals for a long, long time, and uh, but you're not doing very many. If you just change this one thing, and we're going to teach you how to do it. If you just change this one small thing, you'll be able to do, I think, Larry, you said twice as many deals. Is that right? Two or three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share several different ways that they can make offers on properties. Perfect. Well, why don't we start way back into the first deal you ever did. Tell us kind of what was going through your mind. How you felt. I mean, you're crushing it now. But what was it like doing your very, very first deal? Man, that does go way back. My very first deal was in 1984, I believe. 80, 84. 85, 86, somewhere around there. My very first deal, Adam, was a non-qualifying FHA assumable loan. You used to be able to find somebody who had an FHA loan. You could submit for the paperwork. You fill out a little application, and, and you got 100% approved to assume that loan. They didn't even pull your credit. They stopped those loans after a few years, but that was my very first deal. I took over a deal, no money down. I rented it out for several years and then I sold it and I sold it on a wrap loan where I I got a down payment, collected some income, and then I eventually sold that note. So that was my very first deal way back in the 80s, believe it or not. So what is a wrap? Um, I think there's a few people that are there. Okay, so he just like wrapped the house like a present? (laughs) It was was the same as that, right? (laughs) But but no, uh, when I bought the house, I had an FHA loan that I had assumed, non-qualifying assumable, so I owed money on the house, but I turned around, let's say I owed $50,000 on it. I turned around and sold it for, let's say, $80,000. I got $10,000 down. These aren't the actual numbers, but just to get the idea. Let's say I sold it for $80,000. I got $10,000 down, and I carried a second mortgage of $70,000 thousand. It was basically a wrap mortgage. So here's the 50,000. I had a 70,000 loan. Let's say my payment was 300 a month. I was collecting 500. So it's also called an all-inclusive trust deed is another term that they use for that. Okay. 
which basically means that you you keep the first loan in place. It's still there, and but when it gets paid, when you pay off your loan, they the first other mortgage won't release until they're paid too. So you you right. might get your money back, but they're still gonna be encumbering the property. Is that right? Right, right, right. It's okay. just. Yeah, it, it's a it's a mortgage that's all inclusive of that, and and nowadays they have servicers that do that. It's very similar to someone doing a subject to deal where you take over a property subject to the existing mortgage, and then you turn around and sell it or do a wrap or something on that, or maybe even borrow private money on a loan and then do a wrap uh, around that. So very similar to the same thing. So back in the 80s, when some of the listeners still were not born, uh, you were doing real estate deals. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience before we really dive into this one single thing that we can do to get more deals done. Sure. Yeah, I started out, I just went to a seminar, right? A weekend seminar. And uh, like we now teach, right? I went to a weekend seminar, signed up for the three-day thing. And, uh, and then I, I got really fired up and excited about real estate and then I uh, got my mom involved a little bit. She didn't stay in it very much, but I got her involved. And, uh, and then I got my real estate license. I got my general contractor's license. And so I actually built houses and, uh, you know, was a realtor for a while, but I didn't really enjoy that. Didn't want to go list properties or show properties, but I did build a few properties and sell them. Uh, so I did that, but, uh, but now I, I mean, I've done, you name it and I've done it, wholesaling, retailing, lease options, subject to short sales, commercial, residential, and mobile home parks. I've owned Shoney's restaurants, Dollar Generals. So you name it, I've done it, but I love being on the phone and negotiating deals and the thrill of the deal, chasing the deals. So that's what I do now all day long. I'm on the phone. I'm negotiating deals. I don't have a whole team of acquisition people. I mean, last month we closed 12 or 13 deals, probably did about 140,000 in wholesale fees, but, but I don't have a whole big team. I got one girl sitting right outside my office. She tees them up for me. She gets, gathers all the property information and the, and the motivation information, turns it over to me and I make, a, make an offer, one of three different offers, which we're gonna share in a few minutes, right over the phone, and we just buy all our stuff over the phone. I love it. That is that is awesome. So you have done uh, one thing that I want, wanted to talk about is that you've done virtual wholesaling. You've done wholesaling. You've done uh, fix and flips. You've built houses. You've had a real estate license. You've even been a general contractor. I, I, I mean, I'm not, never going to be able to get everything that you've done within the real estate industry uh, in one sentence because I just can't, I don't have enough breath for that. Um, but what, what I wanted to find out is after all of that experience, what are you more focused on today? Um, personally, I like, to, I like to wholesale deals right now, right now in today's market, I've been telling people now is the time to stash cash for the crash, right? So we're wholesaling everything. We're building up our cash reserves because before too long, the market's going to dip and that'll be the time to buy and hold, buy and sell or finance, buy and hold, whatever it is you want to do. 
because you're going to be able to get things at a discount. America will be on sale. But right now, we're just buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. And we're averaging a little over $18,000 is our average wholesale fee right now. 18000 and uh, you did 12 deals last month, just alone. Amazing. Love it. All right, so let's let's talk about that one thing that really sets people apart. I know there's a few people on the, on that are listening that are probably thinking to themselves, "Well, I've done a few wholesales. I'm not sure if this is for me. I've done a, I've already done a flip. This isn't for me. I've I've got three rentals already. Not sure if this is for me. Um, I just want to say to them that once I once I heard this one thing that kind of differentiates yourself, it doesn't matter if you're brand new." or if you've done a wholesale or two or a flip or two or have a few rentals, if you start implementing this one thing, I, I really see it increasing the ability. I, and I know there's a lot of reasons why, uh, but when it comes down to it, all we're really doing is thinking outside the box. Right. There's a whole bunch of other people that used to have just one tool. They walk around everywhere with a hammer. They're like, hey, can I help you build this house? And they're like, well, we only have screws here. Hey, can I help you build this house? Well, it's not time for that. I just, uh, right now, I just need to saw something uh, apart. We'll get to that later. And so they only have one tool and they can't do so many different things. And then there's handymen who have a whole tool belt with the screwdrivers, the, the saws, the everything that you need. When they go to a house, can I help you? Heck yeah, you can. You've got all the tools that we need. Right. And right. so that's really what I think that we're talking about today is, is being able to show up with more tools so that you can do more jobs. So take it away. Exactly. Well, like you said, everybody is a one-trick pony, right? Um, I like to tell people when I'm on the phone with a seller and, and you get a lot of people, I don't care what your marketing is because right now in today's market, there's, it's not like there's tens of thousands of foreclosures on the market all the time, right? So you've got to go direct to seller. So we do direct mail, we do SMS, we do RVM cold calling a little bit. But when I'm on the phone with the seller, and you know this, you get a lot of sellers that call and they're kind of curious, right? They, they may not be serious or they won't close to retail. And, and those leads go to the wayside for most people, right? Those leads are like, you know, well, based on what I see, based on the comps, you know, I need to be around 30 or 40,000. What? I want 80,000 for my property. Click, right? It's over. So here's what I tell people, okay? And, and there's three different offers you can make to people. You guys need to write this down. This is very, very good stuff, okay? Of the 12, 13, I can't, let's just say 12 deals I did last month, eight of them, were were one of these were, were all different models right eight of them were i didn't pay any cash for the property i'm going to go over that here so you've got the one offer the cash offer you've got to buy at a deep discount it's all cash we pay all the closing costs there's no commissions we buy it as is the same thing everybody else does well if we're far apart on the price i will tell them you know you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. Most people out there are one-trick pony. All they really know about is a cash offer. What if I could pay you that $80,000 you want and save you a lot of money in taxes and 
you already told me you were tired of being a landlord. You didn't want to deal with the tenants anymore. You just evicted a tenant. You went in there and you got to rehab the property. What if I could keep that cash flow for you, but save you a lot of money on taxes and get you the exact price you want? Would you like to hear more about that? I mean, who would say no to that, right? So then when I say the IRS has a term called installment sale, look it up, write this down, installment sale. That's an IRS term. The IRS says if you have a rental property and you are selling that rental property and instead of selling it for all cash where you got to pay your whole tax bill up front, you can sell it on what's called the installment sale where, and this is the phraseology is very important here, guys, where you receive your equity in monthly installments with interest right? Where you receive your equity and in monthly installments with interest. And then I say, it's like having a, it's like having the passive income you had with rentals, but you don't have to deal with tenants, trash, termites, and toilets. And you're not responsible for taxes, insurance, repairs, and maintenance. Okay. So I say, would you like to see how that works? Yeah, let's see how that works. So I just pull out my financial calculator, right? I just pull it out and I say, well, $80,000, right? $80,000. And you know, the banks right now, if I had to go to the bank and get a loan, they're probably going to charge me two or 3%. So let's just figure 3%. Believe it or not, I get 3% seller finance money, right? And let's just see here what the term will be. Now, uh, let's see here. If we did it for 240 months, now you told me you rented this property out for $800 a month. If we did it for 240 months, which is 20 years, your payment would be $443.68. Now, I know you told me you're 75 years old, right? You don't think you're going to live for another 20 years. But God forbid, if anything were to happen to you, your heirs can inherit that monthly cash flow and it'll still show up just like clockwork. And they won't have to deal with tenants, trash, termites, and toilets, or have to worry about selling the property. And I've even had some sellers tell me they would much rather their heirs inherit a monthly cash flow than get a lump sum because they're going to blow it in 30 days anyway. Right? Does that make sense? It does. I'm taking lots of good notes, and I hope the listener is too. Um, now, right, the best right. part. Yeah, the go ahead. The best part of this is when you explain to the seller, the best part is instead of having a huge tax bill because $80,000, you're going to owe $12,000 in taxes 15% because you've depreciated it down to nothing. Instead, now you can spread that $12,000 tax bill over the life of the loan for 20 years, save you a ton of money. And you may never even have to pay it because when your heirs inherit it, They'll inherit it at a stepped-up basis, but I'm no CPA. You need to talk to your CPA about this. Awesome. This is really good stuff. All right. I'm writing all this down. All right. So let me let me just share what I think I heard. Um, there's three different offers, and right now we're talking about one of them, and it's the installment sale. Right. And we're talking a little bit about how last month you did about a dozen houses and eight of them were seller financed. You didn't have to put anything down, and it was because you used these, this IRS term, installment sale, which basically right. means that you're going to slowly pay them over time. And you said 
you said one of the ways to explain this to somebody is you say, this is where you'll receive your equity in monthly installments with interest. One of my favorite things that you did, and I need to start doing it, I've got some private lenders that come and say, Adam, can I, can I lend you some private money? I've always, I've, I've done something similar. I've always said something to the effect of, well, uh, well, great. Um, I don't know if I need private money right now, but let me see what you have and how I could use it. And so I'll just ask them something to the effect of, um, number one, how long do you want to have the money out? And then they share. I say, number, number two, I know the banks are doing two to three percent. Um, if I if I borrow money from a bank, where would you want to be? And then they say, "Well, would six percent be okay?" And I'm like, "I'll find out. Let me let me look into this. I need to get the other answers to the question, but I might be able to do six. We'll just see." And then I go to the third question, and then when, and then I give them a few a few days or hours, and I'll re reach out to them, and I'll say. Sure, I can, I can do the 50000 I can do the 6% if you do this one thing. How do you feel about that? And then they'll say, yeah. But what's interesting is that's because I'm, I'm having them tell me the percentage, like 2 to 3%, what, would, what do you want? I think if I did it a different way, they'd be like, let's just do 10% or 12% or 14%, but we kind of what's the word for it? Anchor them down. I think it's called right. anchoring, right. price anchoring or percentage right. anchoring. But I love how you did it. You did it with such finesse. You just, the banks are doing two to 3%. So let's just do 3%. And now they're like, oh, awesome. He's, he's pushing me up to the top. And then they're letting it, and then you'd go through, you'd give them the numbers. Um, and then I, another thing you said is, I, I know you said you're 75. And then you kind of went into this thing like, you you might not want to do this, but your heirs are going to be able to get that monthly cash flow. Uh, and then you say the best part is instead of having a huge tax bill, you can blah, 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 blah. And then you talk a little bit about step-up basis, which allows their heirs to never pay taxes because it steps right. up. And if you also notice the phraseology, I didn't say when you die. You got to write this down, guys. Oh, okay. What, what did I say? say? Here's what you say. No, I don't, I don't think you said that, but you okay. said something about the heirs. But notice what I said. I said, and, and this is very, very important. You got to write it down and you got to say it this way. And God forbid, if something were to happen to you, then your heirs will inherit this and keep getting the money just like clockwork. And I do this in the phone. I'm on the phone and I do this. Keep getting that money just like clockwork. And I snap my fingers like that. So that conveys through the phone. All right. I like that. That's really good. And God forbid if something were to happen to you. Right. Um, one thing that that does, I, I feel like if you say, if you say when you die, now they're, they're more resistant. They're like, well, I'm not going to die anytime soon. Well, you know, stuff, stuff like that. If it generally feels more resistant. But when you said, right. if something were to happen to you, now they're now they're thinking instead of pushing back against the that they're more thinking like wow man I could do I could get hit by a car I could this might happen this might happen you never know and right. so that has them kind of thinking of the things but also keeps the words out of your mouth and in, into their mouth that's 
Positive. Really good. So, and God forbid, if something were to happen to you, your heirs. All right. So that's one of the things that we can do. So let me just, let me pause for the listener. Let me just pause for the listener and let you know what we're talking about here. We are talking about all the different tools in the tool belt, how you can go from doing just a couple of deals per year or per month, maybe if you're lucky, to doing 12 per year or 12 per month. And all the only difference is to put away the hammer every now and again, bring your screwdriver, bring your saw so you can get more deals done. The first tool we talked about was the IRS installment sale. Larry, what's the second tool we're going to talk about? Well, some people, some people say, uh, oh, I'm not going to live for seven. I'm not going to live another 20 years. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to drag it out. Well, okay. You know, so I typically make three offers, right? It's either going to be 30,000 cash, right? 30,000 cash, or maybe it's 80,000 with installment sale, or I can give you 50,000. I'll give you 25,000 now, and I'll give you 25,000 in five years, Right. So you've basically got a property that you could pick up for a 50,000 or 80, even $80,000 property. You're picking it up for 25 grand. You can rent it out for five years and collect the cash flow, get all your money back and then some, and then you can turn around and sell it at the end of that if you wanted to, right? So those are the three different types of offers, 100% cash or 50-50 or installment sale. And quite frankly, I do more cash and installment sale. I don't do a whole lot of the 50-50. When people got get to thinking about it, they would much rather either have the cash or the full installment sale. Now, here's another little tip that you've got to do on this installment sale. When you're telling this person on the phone, you say, and your payment per month is going to be $443.68 and over the life of the loan, you will have received $106,482.74. And they're all they're thinking about, wow, I'm getting $106,000 for my property, you know, because I paid $80 for it. But over the life of the loan, they will have received $106,000, right? So that really helps sell that as well. All right. And your payment per month, your payment... And your payment per month, you will receive one hundred six thousand. Well, I don't remember the four hundred eighty-six dollars and thirty-two cents, something like that. All right, right. good deal, good deal. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, um, which one is the first one? So you you come you come to the table. Do you offer the installment sale first, and then if they say no, then you say, "Well, I can do I can do what everybody else does, which is just come in and pay cash." Or which, which one's first, which one's second? That's a really, really good question. That's why it's very, very, very important for people who are in real estate or any kind of business, as far as that goes, to learn sales and negotiating skills, right? I make my offers now not even based on what I can pay. I make my offers based on what I think they'll take because I've just been reading people so long and been doing this for so long. I make my offers based on what they'll take. You know, that's why we have, we've got a, we've got a wholesale deal right now. We're making $52,000 on it right now. It's closing next week, right? 
but but we what we do is if I'm on the phone with the seller and they're like, oh, I was just curious. I don't need the money, blah, blah, blah. I'm just tired of dealing with tenants. You know, then I'll say something along the lines of, well, you know, I could be like every other investor out there that you've probably talked to. I'll make you a lowball cash offer, but you and I are both are going to have a good laugh and then you're going to hang up on me. Right. So instead of that, why don't, I, why don't we talk about some way that we might be able to work together like I've helped a lot of other people in your very similar situation, right? So number one, I don't insult their intelligence. I tell them, but you're smarter than that, right? So we're going to have a big laugh and then you're going to hang up on me and we're not going to do, do any business or get anywhere. So I might be able to help you get what you want, keep your cash flow and not have to deal with tenants. Would you like to hear more? So I just base my conversation on what Courtney out there outside of my office, what information she gets, because we ask a lot of questions up front. She even asked, would you be willing to consider selling on terms where you get your equity in installments instead of cash? Notice I've never said the words seller financing or owner financing. I have never said those words. I say terms and installment sale. That's very intentional, right? Um, one other thing I want to point out too, Adam, I think this is very important. And this is a very, very, very good tip as well. Occasionally, you're going to get a seller that says, yeah, but what about a down payment? Don't you need to put 10 or 20% down? I say, look, I would love to be able to do that, but we can't make two down payments. We're going to take your property and it's going to, there's going to be a lot of work put in your property, getting it ready for the next tenant or fixing it up or whatever. So we can't make two down payments. Our down payment is going into the property. Does that make sense? So that's how you get around the whole down payment issue. <laughs> All right. I've written this down. Um, so yeah, but what about a down payment? I'd love to, but we can't make two down payments. A lot of the money that we're, we have is going to go into this property, get it ready for the next person. I can't pay, I can't put a down payment there and pay uh, all of this work as well. Which, Does which that make also sense? increases the security of your loan by increasing the value of the property. True, true. One of the things I'm trying to, rem well, I want to make sure that I can remember the thing because you've, you, you're spitting out so much gold and, and I'm holding on to at least half of them. Um, and writing, writing down only 20% of them. And, but there, there is something that you've done, I can't even say how many times, at least five times so far in the negotiation with the seller just for the installment sale. Right. And what that is, is you'll, you'll share a little bit about what something is, and then you'll ask them if they want to hear more about it. And what I like about that is two things. Number one, if they are completely against it, you haven't given them this giant sales pitch that they're not going to want. You've just, you've, you've peppered it in. You've kind of given them a, a little taste of what this could be. And do you want to hear more about that? Right. And you're, the way that you're approaching that, it, you're not forcing them to do anything. They don't feel sales pressure or anything like that. But the other reason that I like it is, if they say, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that, I think that it subconsciously opens them up more to the idea versus when we just kind of jump and, and throw all the things, this is what you want because it's going to do this for you. Right, that, right. that gets a lot of people like to clam up. But when you just say, I, I, I think I can find a way to get you to get that thing that you want and this other thing you want and, and take care of it even without taxes, 
it's something I've done with other people. Do you want to hear more about that? And they're like, sure, I'll hear more about that. I think it really opens them up. And you you continue to do that. You, even I've, I've heard you do it where you, you kind of started to share it. Do you want to hear more about that? And then they said, yeah. And then you share a little bit more and you say, do you want me to go into more detail on that? And then, and then they say, yeah. And now it's like, that you know that you've got them sold. You know that you've got them sold. I, I sold door-to-door home security systems. Right. And I remember I, remember I, w- I would do these minor closes like, like you kind of you're doing. Do you want to hear more about that? Um, oh. I would do something to the effect of I was selling home security and I was trying to give them a whole thing for free. And I remember doing small things like, now I can give you one extra thing. I can give you one extra thing completely for free. Um, now here's the two scenarios and I want you to choose which one I could either give you this, this glass break sensor in in the kid's room, if you're worried about it. And what that would do is this other thing, or I could give you a smoke sensor, which one would you rather have for free? And then, and then all of a sudden they're choosing which one. And I'm like, okay, I've got them hooked. I know that they're going to buy because they see themselves with this and then they'll say well i am kind of worried about someone climbing in the kid's bedroom uh so how much would it be if i just bought that i said it'll be 199 are you ready to do this and i'll sit down and we'll just get it all signed up and i was like the one of the top sellers but the thing is that i did something similar to you i was never as good as you by far but it's it's doing micro closes it's I could, I could probably find a way for you to do this, this, and this. I've done it with other people. They've liked it. Do you want to hear more about it? Yes. And then you give another micro close and then they say yes. And then now the probability is they're, pro- they're most likely going to take that offer. And I, I love that you do that. And I thought it was valuable enough that we could talk a little bit about it for the listener. Sure. So, so, so what we're talking about is coming in with different offers. Don't just go and say, I've got 30 grand cash. I've got 30 grand cash. I've got 30 grand cash. You're going to get one in 50 people. But if you come in and say, I've got, I, I can do 30 grand cash, or you read the person and try to understand what they're looking for. I could also do this installment sale, not seller financing. I love that you pointed that out. And, and it would give you all of those things that you want. And if they say, if they say, I'm not sure about either of those, you say, we can do, I could give you 25 now and then pay you 25 in five years from now. A little less, but a little more. A little less than my uh, cash flow. Am I, uh, a little less than my all-in cash today, but I would also give you more than I could if I was doing all cash. Um, I've, I've learned a lot from you today. This has been extremely beneficial. Larry, are there any other things that the listener needs to know if they want to do more deals than they could before? Uh, they need to keep an open mind and they need to realize that you're going to get some rejection. You're going to get some people who are jerks. It's just the way life is, right? Don't take it personal. Just keep pushing, just keep pushing and, and learn telephone skills, learn to talk to people, whether it's in person or on the phone, because there's so many, many, many different things you can do to disarm a person, to get them to like you and trust you. 
And at the end of the day, that's all it's about, really, just getting them to like you and trust you, build them up, making them feel good. And don't treat it as like a hammer closer. I mean, I can hammer close people. Come on, give me 1% of your confidence. I'll earn the other 99. I can do all that stuff, right? But it's just, I do almost the takeaway, right? But I also see things like, well, let me talk to my wife. I say, hey, look, I don't only want you to talk to your wife. I want you to talk to your CPA. Call your CPA, write down this term, installment sale, and ask your CPA if that's going to save you some money on taxes right now this year, right? And when you and your wife decide to move forward, then you'll know 100% confidence that this is the right thing to do, isn't it? Now, notice I just seeded when you and your wife decide to move forward, right? This is the right thing to do. I, I was seeding, right? I was giving them subliminal messages uh, up front, right? So, yeah, and just go out there and do it and have fun with it. Don't worry about, you know, messing up or anything. It's not a big deal. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. I agree. I agree. Um, when, when I was knocking door to door, sometimes I would, I would literally talk to a hundred people in just one day. And I'm sure you do more than that on the phones because you don't have to even walk and you can get Mojo Dialer, which will dial seven people at a time. But um, uh, uh, sometimes I would walk away with a whole day and, uh, of not making a sale. And then uh, the next day I might sell three in a row, the first one, the second one, and third one that I talked to. And it's really important that, that when you're doing something like this, you got to understand that it's not for everybody and you don't, it doesn't need to be for everybody, but the, the, what's the word for it? The odds are in your favor. If you continue to come in with multiple tools to help sellers to be able to get out of a situation you will help enough sellers, whereas you'll have a hundred or two hundred grand in your pocket. So I, I just I want to I want to share that. There's there's something that you said twice, somewhere in the twenty five percent mark of today, and then uh, the next one was just a moment ago. You said you got to learn phone skills, you, the art of negotiation. You've got to learn sales, and I wondered if you had anywhere for the listener to go that would help them get closer to where you are today, Larry? Uh, is, is there books? Is there courses? What does the listener need in order to feel more confident on the phones? Well, I think there's a lot of information out there, podcasts just like yours, Adam. I mean, they'll pick up nuggets. I mean, that's why they're listening to this podcast now, to pick up things just like this, right? And just go out there and when you hear people that are negotiating, that are good negotiators, you know, like Grant Cardone is one of them, you know, get his books, get my books, get your stuff, Adam, and just learn everything you can. Watch YouTube videos. You know, I, I, I work out every morning and I watch a podcast every morning while I'm working out, right? And, uh, and, and just get out there and watch YouTube, podcast, anything you can, you know, get people's books, my books, your books, all, all this training and education, it just builds on each other, right? Everything builds on everything. You pick up one term, you know, yesterday you might have never heard of installment sale, right? But then tomorrow, you know all the advantages of it because you've listened to several different people. So I think that's very, very important. Just get out there and learn and listen and watch as much as you can. And I'm almost 60 years old. I'm 59 years old and I'm still watching podcasts, listening to podcasts, reading, studying, buying education, 
all the time. I probably spend about 30 grand a year on education. You and I are in a mastermind together. And, and that mastermind alone is 20 some grand a year. And I'm in another one that's another 12, five or 15 or something a year, not to count the courses and books and all that stuff. So yeah, just get out there and get education. But the main thing is take action with it. Don't just, don't be a professional student. Go out there and do something with it. Um, let me let me end with these couple things. Uh, number one, Larry just brought up that we are in a mastermind together. So I, I just want you to know that that I Larry's helped me out with in my business. In fact, I've I hired uh, uh, one of my virtual assistants came because of your recommendation, Larry. Larry um, so Larry and I are in a mastermind together. Uh, I'm a little bit closer with him than I was before I was in the mastermind. Uh, it's, he's somebody that I trust a lot. Uh, I love your stuff. What you've given today was nothing but golden nuggets. So you've mentioned that book a couple of times. I want you to first tell the listener how they can get the book. Second, tell the listener how they can get a hold of you or the best way to find you. And, um, and maybe just one last nugget and we'll jump off. Sure, sure. Uh, so uh, my website is LarryGoins.com. You can go to LarryGoins.com and see all of our information. I got videos and stuff like that. And, you know, I used to have a couple of podcasts as we talked about, Adam, but I don't do that anymore. I just love doing real estate deals. So I don't do the podcast anymore. It's very rare I even do one like this where I'm being interviewed. But since you asked me, I wanted to jump on and do it for you. But, um, but anyway, uh, that's where you can get my books, you know, whatever. Uh, free videos and stuff like that. If they want to reach out to me, uh, they can reach out at on Facebook, um, probably there more than anywhere. Uh, you'll see all my properties. We post our properties and stuff like that. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Larry H. Goins is our uh, our page because my profile, we've, I've already got 5,000 friends, so I can't accept any more friends, unfortunately. But uh, forward slash Larry H. Goins. And as far as some last nuggets, I got to tell you this. This is gold right here. When I'm buying a house with seller financing, I have in my contract already that I'm buying a, a getting a non-recourse, fully assumable loan, 90 days until the first payment, and I have the first right of refusal if they ever want to sell the note. You need to back this up and listen to those terms. You want all those terms in any seller finance deal you want, right? Non-recourse, fully assumable, 90 days until the first payment, and then first right of refusal if they were ever to sell the loan, right? I love it. Larry, thank you. So go to LarryGoins.com, get his free information, grab his book, and if you want to follow him on Facebook, it was facebook.com forward slash Larry H. Goins. All of that's in the show notes, so you don't even have to memorize it. Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.